are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Now let me say something here, and I don't want to confuse anybody, but I'm going to say it accurately by the Spirit of God. Man was not created lower than angels. Man fell below angels. Now here it says, the scripture that people take in the New Testament to say that man was created lower than angels does not say that. He says he made him a little lower than God. In fact, the scripture says for a little time lower. Now when you start teaching this, there's always somebody that's saying, oh yeah, that's that old doctrine trying to make man God again. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to do it. I'm just telling you what God did. I'm not trying to do it at all. We are not God, but the Bible says we are gods over the earth. And I'm going to show it to you in the scriptures. And somebody said, well, does anybody else believe that? Did anybody else in the Bible believe that? Well, one certain rabbi did. Rabbi Jesus. And I'll tell you, man, if I'm going to believe anybody, it's going to be Rabbi Jesus. <laughs> he knew what he's talking about. And I'll tell you, the problem is that sometimes people come to just criticize what you say. You know, if you're looking for something to criticize, you can find something to criticize. No, we're not saying that I'm God or you are God, but God put us here in the earth for dominion and authority and he expected us to be gods over the earth, you spell it with a little g, not a capital G, a little g. That means ruler, dominion. Now a king has dominion over his domain, right? Now nobody gets mad at a king because he's God. And that's essentially what he is over that domain. That means he makes the rules, he governs the whole thing. That's what he put man on the earth to do, and that's in the sense that I'm using that man was created to be God over the earth. He gave it to him to do what he would with it, and he turned it over to Satan, the least there. But you see, when we understand that, it opens up a whole area of authority that we've never understood and never even operated in. Now he said he made him a little lower than angels. The word there for angels is Elohim. Shouldn't have been translated angel. It means gods. Literally means gods. Now, let me say something about angels. Let me show you that man was not created lower than angels because Adam had the ability of choice and the right to choice. Angels have the ability of choice, but they do not have the right to choice. Now, there's a great difference there. That'll show you that angels were not created on the order of men. They do not have the right to choice. Lucifer said, I will ascend to the heavens and become as the Most High. See, I'll ascend above the clouds. I'll exalt my throne. He had the ability to say that, but he did not have the right to say it. He left his habitation. The third of the angels that left their own habitation it was curtains for them, Mac. I'm telling you, there is no redemption for angels. Did you know that? There is no salvation for angels. Well, why would God redeem man and not angels that fell? 
because man had the right of choice as well as the ability of choice, but angels did not. They were created beings designed of God for a different purpose, and they left their habitation, and there is no salvation for angels. But God began immediately to provide salvation for mankind when he fell because he was created on a higher order than angels. He fell below angels. Now, let's see what Rabbi Jesus said about it. Go to the 10th chapter of John, and let's notice in verse 30 where Jesus makes a very simple statement. He says, I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered, said, Many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? <laughs> I mean, he had a way of putting it, didn't he? He said, All right, man, before we start chunking them rocks, tell me what good thing you're going to stone me for, because I've done a lot of good stuff. Well, they said, We're not going to stone you for the good stuff. We're going to stone you because that you, being a man, maketh thyself God. And I tell you, me and Brother Copeland, Brother Hagin, and some of the other ministers, Jerry Savell, have been dodging them stones for years because we've been preaching this. And they're still chunking them rocks. <laughs> they're still chunking them. I got a big manuscript from a fellow right here in California just a few months ago. And as I thumbed through it, I'm convinced that it will be in the top ten, if he publishes it, the top ten of the book burners list. And I decided that that fellow, you know, if it wasn't for me and Brother Hagin, Brother Copeland, Brother Savell, and Fred Price, he wouldn't have a job. He wouldn't have nothing to preach against. <laughs> and you know religion hadn't changed. Religion's still doing that same thing today. But now notice what Jesus said. See, they said, well, we're not going to stone you that. We're going to stone you because you made yourself God. And you see, that's why a lot of people want to throw stones at us. Why you're saying you're, you're trying to make yourself out of God? Why you all just trying to act like God? Did you know it's scriptural to act like God acts? Now, I'm not trying to act like I am God. I'm trying to act like God acts in that certain situation. You understand what I'm saying? There's a difference in trying to act like you are God and acting like God would act in that situation. How would God talk in this situation? How would God move in this situation? That is perfectly scriptural. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, be imitators of God. When you go to imitate God with authority, then you're always going to be somebody around whining and squalling and fussing, you know, about it. But just let them fuss. Just go on and love them and pray for them. I'm like Brother Hagin. You know a fellow like that? There ought to be seven of the biggest deacons in your church. Get him and carry him out by the riverbank, strap him to a tree, and pray for him all night in tongues. <laughs> yeah. I feel sorry for some of those people. Bless their hearts. <laughs> now, Jesus is standing there and getting criticized because he said, I and my Father are one. Verse 34, Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? He said, Now we're going to go back to the what you go by. You say you go by like some folks say, Yeah, we're full of gospel. 
your gospel. And Jesus said, it's written in your law or in your doctrine. Ye are gods. Now, I didn't say it. Jesus said it. And it was recorded in the Old Testament. If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came and the scriptures cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemous, because I said, I am the Son of God. If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Now let me tell you something here. It's time that the body of Christ begin to get a hold of this. Any believer that walks upright before the Father and walks in the Spirit should be able to say, I and my Father are one. Now I know that shatters some of your religious thinking. We're joint heirs with Jesus. He said, I and my Father one. He prayed in the 17th chapter of John and said, Father, that they may be one as we are one. That is the will of God that every believer could say from their heart, I and my Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But now I know we're not there yet. But that's God's ultimate desire. Now, I'll tell you, Jesus said, I always do those things which please my Father God, and that's my confession. I always do those things which please my Father God. Somebody said, well, did you? No, not always, but that's my confession. Somebody said, well, how can you say that when you're not doing it? Faith cometh by hearing. Hmm? It takes faith to do always the things which please the Father. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you don't start saying it, you'll never get the faith to do it. You can have what you say. Did you know that? So you start the confession of why you want it to be. You know what the devil has done? He has just simply turned us around and got us to confess the thing we don't desire. And faith will come for that. That's right. He's turned it around to where you pray the problem. You pray the problem, and the Bible says he'll have whatsoever he saith, even when he prayeth. That's first caps, <laughs> 11, 14. <laughs> but that's essentially what he said, Mark 11, 23 and 24. He'll have what he says, and he'll also have what he says in prayer. So if he prays the problem, he'll have the problem. Because when you pray the problem, you'll have faith in the problem, because faith cometh by hearing. Now, if you start saying, I do always those things which please my Father God, people around you hear you say it, they'll say, who does he think he is? Why, I know he's lying. No, I'm not. I'm calling things that are not. Now, this is the second week we've been talking about authority. And I want to remind you that our CD offer is CD offer number 7111, The Righteousness Which Is of Faith, single CD for $8 plus $3 postage and handling. Now, when we talk about the righteousness, which is of faith, we have to talk about Abraham because Abraham is called the father of our faith. And in Romans, the 10th chapter, verse 6 says, But the righteousness, which is of faith, 
speaketh on this wise. Say not in thy heart, who shall ascend into heaven to bring Christ down from above? Who shall descend in the deep that is to raise Christ again from the dead? But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, it is in thy mouth and thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now notice the Apostle Paul said, The righteousness which is of faith speaketh. And when the righteousness which is of faith speaks, it speaks faith, not doubt and unbelief. So we studied the things that the Apostle Paul says, and he links it to verse 9, where he said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That word salvation means deliverance, preservation, healing, and soundness is an all-inclusive word. In other words, you could believe in your heart to be born again, but if you don't get your mouth in motion, you may not be delivered from the problems and situations in this world because you have to declare some things in faith based on the authority of the Word of God. The righteousness which is of faith. That's where righteousness comes today is through faith. It's not through works anymore. It's only through faith that you can know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and he tells you exactly how to do it. Confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. That's CD offer number 7111, single CD, for $8, plus $3 postage and handling. We have a toll-free auto line, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this Charles Capps reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and yes, Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Capps Ministries and our listeners in this area.